Hello everybody, <clears throat> my name is Alejandro Olguin and this is Chisme Time Podcast and today we're gonna talk about something real nice. Today's focus will be about DACA and immigration. Um, I will be interviewing a really close friend to me. Her name is Silvia Aguila. Welcome. How are you doing today? And um, are you ready to get a little political? I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. What about yourself? Good as well. Thank you for asking. Okay, so let's begin with DACA first. DACA stands for Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. So basically, it is a policy that allows people to legally work and be in the country because they were brought to the United States by their parents at a young age. This was announced in June of 2012 by President Barack Obama, and they started accepting applications as soon as August 2012. How old were you in 2012? I was 12 years old. And did you apply right away, or did you wait? I did not. Well, I was too young to know about um, the opportunity they had given us. Um, either way, I wasn't working at the time, so... Um, I waited until I started working for me to apply. So why did you apply and how old were you when you applied? Um, I was 17 at the time. Um, I applied for DACA um, because I wanted to start working and um, I needed obviously a working permit or a social for me to even get a job. And um, that's when we started with the process. So can you explain to us how the um, process works? Like, how long does it take? Um, the estimated time that it could even take for you to get it is, like, um, about a, up to a year or less, just depending on how your process papers are. They have to check everything. You have to have the right information. Um, they have to check um, that all the information is correct, fill out the application, and you do need um, to get help um, in order to fill out the application and have all your paperwork ready, because if not, um, they will send everything back and you would have to refile your paperwork again, and that could take much more time. So, could you give us an estimate of about how much it cost you to apply for DACA? In my case, it was about $1,500 um, for the application itself, and the whole process was about one k. The $500 was for the lawyer that helped us put everything together, all the uh, paperwork, um, run through everything, make sure everything was right, um, was $500 for them, so... Okay, and what restrictions do they have on you to, like, even apply for DACA? You have to have a clean record. No, you can't be um, any felon. You can't be a felon, have no criminals, um, have any criminal record. Um, you have to, you had to been here before the year of 2012 or the year of 2012 to be eligible. So how often do you have to renew it and like what do they check when you do renew it? You have to renew it every two years um, for you in order to keep working or keep um, having those um, 
opportunities. Um, they do check like if you haven't gotten in trouble with the law, um, that you don't you don't have any criminal record or if you've done anything um with the law. Um, they you do have to refile your papers again. Not as much as the first process, but um you do fill out the application again, I think. How has DACA impacted your life? Um, for the better, I am now eligible like to work at any place, um, because they will accept me with the right documents, the right social, and um, I am able to travel within the United States, so that's good without um having to worry about immigration. Um, but at the same time, I am living off the edge, um, just because. Um, I wonder every day, like, what if they come to, um, cancel the DACA program? Um, what if, where is my life going to take me next? What's going to happen next? So I'm always living with that doubt. So how has DACA impacted your family's life? To begin with, now working, I am able to help my family financially with anything I can help them um, with I am able to pay my school or any of my expenses, and it's a less thing for my family to worry about. <clears throat> when Trump was elected, he always talked about building his magnificent wall, but then he started talking about how he wanted to get rid of the DACA program. What was going through your head when you would hear all about this in the news? I was scared for my life and my family's. I wonder what would be of my life if it was taken away. At the time, I was applying and they had warned us if we wanted to take the risk, but we did because we knew it would be a lifetime opportunity. I bet it was a scary experience and I could imagine everything going through your head at that time. Yeah, it was very scary. Um, Just having to look over your shoulder every single time or not even be able to pass a red light without thinking you're getting stopped and not knowing what could have happened at the next moment. Um, thinking what could happen to your life the next day, like it could change in a matter of minutes. So I read this article and it talked about reasons why the program should not end. And it talked about how the suspension of the DACA program would hurt the country's economic state especially in the agricultural industry because a lot of DACA recipients' parents or themselves work in the field. Believe it or not, though, the companies have been trying to help to get legal workers and not have issues with the illegal workers. It is hard to believe that they're trying to help, but I think the companies know themselves that without these workers, the industry will definitely be affected. What do you think about this? I totally agree that it would have a great um impact financially on the U.S. Um, simply because we don't only have agricultural workers. If not, we have more doctors who are employed with DACA. We have teachers employed with DACA. We have so many um people that have their careers and they depend on that DACA for a living, for a better life, and they contribute to society. I mean, what... What white person is going to take over to pick tomatoes over a hot sun on a daily basis for their family? 
we would only take that job because that's the only opportunity that some families even get to move on and like have uh, money on the table for their families, uh, food, um, and simply we would we make part of this society. Um, Since being a citizen, how does DACA affect you in any way in your life? Well, I've known you since sixth grade, and we have been best friends since then. When they were talking about canceling the DACA program, it also affected me because it was affecting a lot of my friends and some family members. Um, I have seen how you guys sometimes struggle to always have the money in order to renew your application. And when Trump talked about how DACA recipients are bad people, I can totally go against that because every person that I know who is part of the DACA program works and pays their taxes, goes to school, and stays out of trouble because they know that one little mistake can ruin it all for them. Thank you for joining me today. Um, I know this was a sensitive topic to talk about, but thank you for sharing your opinions and like your personal experience with this. Thank you, it was my pleasure. So now we're just going to talk about immigration as a whole, how it has been between Mexico and the U.S., how it affects the U.S., or how people say it affects the U.S., and how the U.S. has actually benefited from this immigration stuff. Immigration is a process through which individuals become permanent residents or citizens of another country. Um, this definition was pulled from Britannica.com. A research done by Pew Research showed how many people in the U.S. are actually foreign-born. And in that study, it showed that 44 million people in the U.S. are foreign-born, which makes up 14% of the U.S. population. And out of those 44 million that are foreign-born, about 77% of those are here legally, whether with whether if it's with the worker's permit or any type of other permit to be here, but it's legal. A lot of people, when you ask them or tell them to think about immigration, they always, always picture the U.S.-Mexico border. So that is something that needs to be changed because um, migration does not just come from Mexico. A lot of it does, but it's not all of it. Between 2007 and 2017, because of the migration status in Mexico, uh, the immigration number decreased here in the U.S. by 2 million, and there were more people coming in from Central America and Asia than from Mexico. Like I said, when people hear the word immigration, they always think of the U.S.-Mexico border, and especially after this past presidential election with um, Donald Trump, where he advocated his wall and he focused on securing the border between you, the U.S. and Mexico, and he all that's all he would talk about. In the research done by Pew, they also included a graph that showed the top five countries that migrate to the U.S. and those include Mexico being number one, and then China, and then India, and then the Philippines, and then El Salvador. Yes, Mexico is the number one country, but people need to realize that it is not the only country. 
because rec- recently that's how it's been. That's all people talk about the U.S. Mexico border. And I'm not trying to blame another country or single them out. This is just simply to make people put into perspective that Mexico is not the only country that they so-called are invading the U.S. Now we can talk about immigration between the U.S. and Mexico. Um, This has always been an issue, I guess, and has always been a huge controversial topic, mainly because people think that that's the only migration that occurs here in the U.S. (laughs) But I think it has been more of an issue since this past election because that was all Trump ever talked about. And he talked about his wall and how the immigration between the U.S. and Mexico was hurting our country. Not only has Trump's words hurt like Mexicans, it has always, it has divided the country a lot. There has been more racial problems. There has been more hatred towards Mexicans. There has been more fear in Mexicans because of everything that happens. And they just don't always feel safe. Being Mexican myself makes me sad hearing Trump say all those things because I know my people and I know we aren't all bad. Don't get me wrong, I know there's some who are bad, but that shouldn't give him a reason to make to discriminate against all of all of them. I know Mexicans are hard workers. I know they will get their job done and do it right. And we are just badass in general. So next time you hear Trump talking about his wall, just laugh with us because he knows and everyone knows that a wall will not stop us. Thank you for listening to my podcast.